frustrating when you get a great idea, but you're just not in the right place for it? You know the drill. You're driving in the car, taking a walk, in the shower or in a bar, and it strikes the answer to world peace or the next great hit song or just the right words to finally break off a problematic relationship. But how to get it down? You reach for whatever's handy, furiously scribble something, and then you can relax, secure in the knowledge that your deathless prose or monumental design is now safe and preserved for the ages. Lots of ideas get no further than that. In the cold light of day, once the mojito has worn off or the steam from the shower has subsided, inspiration can often dissipate too. Now and then, though, a great idea, no matter how modest its beginnings, can survive and endure and even point the way to the future. A document that changed the world, a purported sketch of a structure that would eventually become the Space Needle, created by Edward Carlson, perhaps in Stuttgart, Germany, 1959. I'm Joe Janes of the University of Washington Information School, recording live at Town Hall in Seattle. I'm giving away a little bit with the word purported here, but not everything. There's more to this story and the story of the story than just that. The Space Needle is literally iconic for Seattle. Every conference and meeting here seemingly has the needle somehow as part of its logo. It's become what the Golden Gate Bridge is for San Francisco, the Gateway Arch for St. Louis, or palm trees and Coke dealers for Miami. It forms the backdrop, the spine, if you will, for Sleepless in Seattle, taking the place of the Empire State Building and relocating an affair to remember. And it featured prominently for many years out the elegant high-rise window in Fraser, even if there's no place in town you could actually get that view from that angle. It doesn't take long living in Seattle before the story is heard how Edward Carlson, universally known as Eddie, civic leader, self-made man, president of Western Hotels, and chairman of the 1962 World's Fair Commission, travels to Europe in 1959, perhaps with friends picking up a car in Stuttgart. A local there tells him if he only has one night in town that he must eat in the TV tower that offers a spectacular view of the countryside. He's struck by the idea of it, a restaurant in the sky, And this is where the story starts to diverge. At breakfast the next morning, on a placemat, he doodles a picture of a spire with a flying saucer at the top. That's the story that he tells in his memoir and that is recounted in the official story of the fair. Or, at a souvenir stand, he picks up a postcard of the tower, scribbles a drawing on the other side, and sends it back to Seattle. Or he brings the postcard back with him. Or, as Carlson himself recounted in a 1981 interview, it's on a napkin. A story that, goes, that gains ground after a television interview a few years later in which he helpfully redrew it. Although to me that looks much more like an elephant doing yoga than the space needle. Uh, the, this image is apparently the one most often found in histories of the event, including in Mohai. But no matter how detailed or colorful or entertaining the story, no original drawing has surfaced. The fact that there isn't a definitive version of this, that no museum or family member claims the original official sketch, doesn't seem to bother anybody. But the stories persist, largely because it feels like there ought to have been something. 
There's always a starting point for an idea or an innovation, and the cocktail napkin is a common and convenient trope, shorthand for the haphazard beginning of the creative process. The bolt from the blue, offhand, momentary, happenstance, when one reaches out to grab whatever's at hand. Stories are also told, as true today as they ever were, of other great notions that started unpretentiously. In 1957, Richard Berry hears a song he likes, goes to the men's room to grab uh, what's available, and writes the lyrics to Louie Louie. Francis Scott Key, temporarily held by the British during the 1814 bombardment of Fort McHenry, composes the lyrics to what would become the Star Spangled Banner on the only paper he has, the back of a letter. On his way to commemorate the Battle of Gettysburg, Abraham Lincoln makes a few notes on the back of an envelope. And the perfectly aptly named Arthur Laffer, out for drinks with Donald Rumsfeld of an evening in 1974, draws a simple graph on, wait for it, a cocktail napkin under his wine glass, and the Laffer curve and trickle-down economics is unleashed on an unsuspecting world. Why do we sketch or jot or dash off ideas? And why are so many of those words so short? To have a record, to, or more precisely, to have something to record our ideas on, to give them tangible form, to have something to show, to demonstrate, to remember. This protects the idea, including legally, as intellectual property. You can't copyright an idea, but you can when it's on a placemat. And there are more than a few people who claim their share of credit for the needle's ultimate design. Doing that on the proverbial cocktail napkin adds to the mystique, the grand idea emerging from humble beginnings. Recording it also freezes it, gives it form and boundaries, and often a sense of incompleteness when you can't quite get it right, also a frequent companion in the creative process. You could also, for that matter, think of the needle itself as a document, a record of the aspirations and desires of that time and of the process by which the people who imagined and carried out the World's Fair did what they did. Furthermore, it's part of Seattle's expression of itself, the kind of mid-century jet-set image that set the pattern for how the city and the region saw itself and came to be known. The theme of that fair was Century 21, and its proto-space-age outlook inspired many, not least the design team of the Jetsons, who took the needle as inspiration for the sky-high apartment buildings. And then there's the story of the story. This is how myths, in the colloquial sense, get started. Some simple act that over the decades becomes layered over with gauzy half-memory. Lincoln didn't write the Gettysburg Address on an envelope. Several drafts have been found, including one on official stationery. But it makes a terrific story. The great man drafting a few scattered notes to deliver one of the greatest, most eloquent statements in the English language. Which he no doubt did, just not quite that way. So this is, perhaps, the story of the story of a document that never existed, or more likely, one that's lost. At some point, though, there had to be something. No project that complex and involved could even remotely begin, let alone be completed, without plans and records of documents of all kinds, from drawings to budgets to schedules. The urge to get it down to begin and to foster the process of creation by somehow recording your ideas endures. 
whether that's on a cocktail napkin or a whiteboard or an iPad. Digital scribblings have their attractive qualities too. They're much easier to share and perhaps to manipulate and collaborate around if less romantic. Given the modern proliferation and proximity to mobile information devices, the likelihood of being without a handy way to record the next great idea is pretty low. One wonders what the tablet version of a cocktail napkin would be. Actually, one doesn't have to wonder. Among the wide variety of sketching and doodling apps, there are several that use the napkin as a metaphor, providing, proving once again that a good idea is a good idea regardless of the medium. And that's that. <laughs>